0: want to thank you all for being here i want to welcome our visitors and just can't think of a better way to start a brand new year than to on the first day of that year to come together to be with each other and to worship and serve god and worship him today the elders your shepherds we don't want to preach to you we just want to talk to you about our commitment and the vision we have for 2023 the beginning of each year we most all of us will make re- resolutions, and most of the time we really don't r- intend to keep them. <laughs> and after a week or two weeks or a month, we just kind of forget about those and go back to doing what we did before. But today we want you to consider making more enduring resolutions about our spiritual commitment and call us all to a greater commitment in 2023. My role is to call us to a greater commitment to Christ. Bill read the purpose of the church to us in Ephesians uh, three, a few, uh, 2 a few moments ago. But there are other reasons that we need to be here. We are a church. We are not an exclusive club. But we are a God's church on a mission. This is not a game that we're playing here. We're here to love and serve and seek and save the lost. And what we do here clearly has eternal consequences for ourselves and others. We have many reasons to be fully committed to Christ. Just a few are that Christ was fully committed, as Jeff just reminded us. We've just celebrated the Lord's Supper. And what better way is there for us to appreciate God's sacrifice of his only son and Christ's willingness to leave heaven, come to earth, live a life with the same temptations and challenges that we have. He went through the suffering and a brutal death, not for his sins, but for ours. Beyond that, his blood continues to cleanse us from our sins as long as we walk in his light. And finally, he has promised to come again to gather his church and this church and bring them to heaven for eternity. Why do we not want to give our all to him who gave his all for us? And why wouldn't we want others to know the same love of Christ? Christ has also given us his spirit to help and to guide us In John 14, Jesus, with his apostles in the Last Supper, promised his disciples he would send a comforter, the Holy Spirit, to them after he died and returned to heaven and even said that having the Spirit would be even better for them than having himself with them because the Spirit would guide them and help them remember all that he had taught them. And similarly, we too are promised the gift of the Spirit when we are baptized and come and to come and indwell in us, and to be with us all the time, to guide and direct us. Now, I'm not suggesting by any means that this gift of the Spirit is the same measure of the Spirit that the apostles received, but it is part of that same Spirit, and it is to produce the fruits of the Spirit in our life. And we are not to quench that Spirit, but to listen to it as it guides us and even helps us in our prayers. And Christ is here to protect us and be with us. Paul told the Corinthians that we are tempted and challenged, but we have this assurance that we will not be tempted beyond what we can endure. And there will always be a way of escape from that temptation. Christ had the same temptations and overcame them every time. We need to have the same goal to endure as Christ did and find the way of escape. We are more than conquerors through Christ. We're winners, not losers. But we have to have a conquering mindset and attitude. We can do all things through Christ who strengthens us. And we know that the eyes of the Lord survey the earth to find those whose hearts are committed to him and to fully support them. Given Christ's commitment to us, let us commit to be more committed to him in 2023. A good way to gauge your current level of commitment is to look at what you're doing with the resources that God has given you. Your material resources and your time. By material resources, I'm not talking about just your money. About your other possessions, your home, your car, your talents. The intangibles, like your influence that God has given you. Then look at how you use your time. Can we find some time that we waste with activities that do not bring glory to God and fill that time with actions that do bring glory to God as we serve Him and serve others so that all that we do would be to the glory of God. First of the year is a good time to review these aspects of our life. And let's not think that we're already too busy to do more for the Lord because if we're honest with each other, we probably are not that busy. We are a royal priesthood a holy nation, a pe- people of God's own possession. And that should mean something relative to our making our commitments and setting our priorities. Our other elders will be speaking on other aspects of our commitment. Philip, our, as- our commitment to the word. Mike, our aspect, our commitment to the church. Wade, our commitment to each other. And John Corn will... We'll close with a commitment to our community. We thank you for being here. We're thankful for being your
1: shepherds, and we love you. Commitment to Christ and commitment to his word. Why do we need to be committed to God's word? If you go to your house this evening, count how many Bibles you have in your home, and then thank God that you do have at least one, because many people do not. But why be committed to the word? Paul's instruction in Tim- to Timothy in 2 Timothy 3, verses 13 through 17, should provide an answer to the question. The only way that we can defeat Satan's lies is with the truth. And God's word is truth. It was true then, and it's true now. We encounter Satan's lies every day. Just look around in the world that we live in, and you can see the work of Satan. Paul told Timothy in 2 Timothy 3, verses 16 and 17, All Scripture is inspired by God and and profitable for teaching, for reproof, for correction, for uh, training in righteousness, so that the man of God may be adequate, Equipped for every good work. So how do we follow these instructions that Paul gave Timothy? First, we we can follow it by being committed to reading the word. Psalm 119 is a devotional to the word of God. Psalm 119 verses 11 and 12 states, Your word have I treasured in my heart that I may not sin against you. Blessed are you, O Lord. Teach me your statues. And then verse 105 of the same chapter. Your word is a lamp to my feet and a light to my path. God's word is a treasure that we should keep in our heart. His word is a lamp and is it a light to guide us. We must be committed to reading his word, to understand what he wants us to do. Secondly, we need to be committed to studying the word of God, not just reading it, but studying it. John 17, verses 17 through 18 reads, Sanctify them in the truth. Your word is truth. As you sent me into the world, I also have sent them into the world. And in 2 Timothy 2.15, we read, Be diligent to present yourselves approved to God as a workman who does not need to be ashamed, accurately handling the word of truth. God's word is truth, and only truth will combat Satan's lies. So we must study his word to know the truth, and we have ample opportunity to do that in our homes, here each Sunday morning, Wednesday nights, ladies' classes. There's opportunities with our phones. If you have an alert, you will get a, a, a message every day for you to read. Lastly, we must be committed to spreading the word. Matthew nine thirty-seven through 38, we read, Then, is, then he said to his disciples, The harvest is plentiful, but the workers are few. Therefore, beseech the Lord of harvest and send out workers into his harvest. Do you remember what Randy said last week when he was talking about the shepherds when they came to see Jesus? Taken from Luke chapter 2, verse 17. Remember he stated that they spread the word. And and that caught my attention. Even the shepherds wanted to tell about Jesus. So if we really love one another, if we're really committed to help one another, we will share the truth by spreading his word. Let us all be committed this, this year to read the word, to study the word, but more importantly, to spread the word.
2: Good morning. I'm to speak a little while about our commitment to the Lord's church or to the church here at West Seventh. I remember when I was a younger man that we referred to it both as the Church of Christ and the Lord's church. And I appreciated the change between those two ways of saying it because it reminds us of who the church is and what it is. I'd like to begin by reading from uh, Ephesians uh, chapter 3 verses 8 through 12. There it says, "To me, who am less than the least of all the saints, this grace was given that I should preach among the Gentiles the unsearchable riches of Christ and to make all see what is the fellowship of the mystery which from the beginning of the ages has been hidden in God who created all things through Christ Jesus Christ to the intent that now the manifest, manifold wisdom of God might be made known to the, by the church to the principalities and powers in the heavenly places according to the eternal purpose which he accomplished in Christ, Jesus our Lord, in whom we have boldness and access with confidence through faith in him. I want to talk about a few things that, uh, that should be included in our commitment to the church. Uh, one is attendance. Much of life is habits, and we can have good habits and we can have bad habits. And attending worship and Bible study is a good habit, but sometimes we leave it. And we need to think about the fact that any time that we are not here, we start a habit that might be damaging to our souls. Some of the times that we have missed, understandably, we have to sometimes. But if uh, repeated several times, it becomes a routine, and a routine that that will cause us to lose our souls. In our society today, attendance on Sundays and on Wednesdays can be more important than it has been in in our our lifetime. We're seeing trends in this country that pull us away from the Lord's Church, and we need to be careful about that and not let us get to us. I remember... uh, Years ago, I was asked to uh, speak to a class of young adults that had young children and uh, they asked me to talk about how you could have faithful children in your family. And I thought about that a little while and I didn't know exactly what to say, so I asked my daughters why they were faithful and they said one of the things was that on Wednesday night and on Sunday morning and Sunday night, we always knew where we were going to be. We didn't make any other plans for that but to be with you at the church. And that is a habit that, uh, that has stood them in good standing and stands us in good standing today. Uh, Bible classes. We ha- have great teachers, and uh, uh, we would encourage you to be a part of all of our classes. There are different styles of teaching here at West 7th and different subjects. And I think if you will look, you can find one that really pleases you and we would encourage you to take advantage of this part of our church here at West Seventh. Uh, The the services that we provide others in this congregation is uh, a good example of the activity of this congregation. West Seventh offers a wide variety of ways to help others. It's not likely that you're going to want to be a part of every one of the activities that we have in service to others. But it would be hard to think that you could not find some services that would really meet your needs and your desires and your pleasure. So we encourage you to be part of that. Uh, It's a schedule of time, I realize, but uh, it's a good thing. We support a number of missions, uh, even outside of this area and even outside of the country. We also support a lot of things in Columbia, and so uh, if you have any questions about this, uh, Mike Forstoff and Chris Schrader can help you if the elders don't have ideas for you of things that we might do that we're not even doing now. Uh, the, uh, the financial part is a part that we can support this congregation, and that supports the world in, in terms of uh, other Christian people. Uh, we have a budget, and, and uh, we prepare it carefully each year and we present it to you and we give you written copies of a summary of that budget. We would encourage you to be interested in that and this will be presented soon to the congregation. I want to also mention something that uh, we don't say very often but uh, I'd like to mention the possibility that you have to communicate with the elders. Uh, Certainly if, if you have a problem that you think involves all of the elders, You can ask, and we will be glad to meet with you as an eldership, but you also have access to every one of the elders of this congregation any time you have something that you need to consider or have considered. We uh, have divided the congregation into shepherding groups, and that allows us to prevent from having someone fall through the cracks and maybe disappear on us that we don't know about. But we also are glad to talk to you individually any time that you would have anything that we would like to ask or tell us, so we encourage you to do that. Uh, we, uh, we want to be sure that uh, uh, one thing is clear to you is that we're here to serve you, not to be served. I have one other comment about uh, our organization and that has to do with our staff. We have a tremendous staff in this congregation of ministers and, and helpers with this organization and I would encourage you to appreciate them as well as to ask for help if you need it from them. I, uh, I would like to think that, uh, that we can uh, always get closer to God through this congregation uh, and, and through the work that we do as elders.
3: Thank you. So we've discussed our, com- our commitment to Christ, uh, our commitment to his scripture, our commitment to his church, to which we have been added. And because of these things, I would like to talk a few moments about things that we know, but it is good to remind ourselves uh, of these things. I've, I would ask you to recommit yourself to love each other, to love each other And so in talking about this, I'd like to talk about loving each other, encouraging each other, and at times, restoring each other. So let's speak first about love each other. And in speaking about love each other, there are no better words than the words of Jesus that John recorded in chapter 13, starting with verse 34. When Jesus said, a new command I give you, love one another. As I have loved you, so you must love one another. By this, everyone will know that you are my disciples if you love one another. And then John later records through the inspiration of the Holy Spirit in 1 John 4, starting with verse 7. He says, Dear friends, let us love one another, for love comes from God. Everyone who loves has been born of God and knows God. The scripture to which we are committed to as the word of God is plain here. Jesus commands that we love one another. He doesn't just say, this is a good idea, or you might want to consider doing this. No, he commands it, that we love one another. This is how others know that we belong to him. And when John reminds us of this command of Jesus to love one another, he introduces some powerful ideas, some powerful concepts. He says that love is from God. And if you don't love each other, then you don't know God. Why? Because God is love. It's the same love that God had for us when he sacrificed Jesus for us. That's why We should love each other because God is love. We should also encourage each other. The Hebrew writer in uh, chapter 3 and then chapter 10, in in chapter 3 he says, But encourage one another daily as long as it is called today so that none of you may be hardened by sin's deceitfulness. We have come to share in Christ if indeed we hold our original conviction uh, firmly to the end. And then in chapter ten he says, "Let us consider how we may spur one another on toward love and good, de- and good deeds, not giving up meeting together as some are in the habit of doing, but encouraging one another, and all the more as you see the day approaching." The we are to encourage each other to love, and to do good works. Encourage. Other other, ver- other versions like the ESV says we should warn each other to do so because it's important that we don't forget to encourage each other to remind each other of why we're here of of what we're doing because we have to be on the lookout for satan he's trying to deceive us with sin he's trying to harden us with sin and how do we prevent that By being here, by being with each other, being together, as Mike said. We are to encourage each other to hold on. But at times, we may stray. Satan will deceive us. He'll put stumbling blocks in our way. He'll harden us to God's love. And what does Scripture say about this? So in Galatians chapter 6, brothers and sisters, if someone is caught in a sin, you who live by the Spirit should restore that person gently. But watch yourselves, or you also may be tempted. Carry each other's burdens, and in this way you will fulfill the law of Christ. A couple of things here. He says, um, uh, when he says caught, doesn't mean, ha ha, I caught you. Okay? It means you're caught up. You're entrapped. You're snared uh, by this sin. But what does he say to do? To gently restore. Not harshly. Gently. But he also says, watch out. Satan is watching. And he wants nothing more than to tempt you also. When I I was thinking about this, I thought, okay. Okay. Well, uh, uh, I, during practice, I can remember uh, one dad who brought two children into the office at the time. They were both sick with the same thing. And um, I was talking with him, and he said, hey, doc, I want a twofer. I was like, "No, know what? <laughs> uh, a twofer? I want two for one. And, um, yeah, no, that's not how this, that's not how this works. Um, but that's what Satan is doing. He's saying, "I have one person caught up in sin, I can get another. He can get a twofer." And I just realized I compared myself to Satan, and that was not um, uh, th- th- That was not my intention. <laughs> um, but that's what he's doing. He is looking to ensnare all of us. When we are watching out for one another, we're not being nosy. We're carrying each other's burdens. That's what love looks like. But what else does love look like? Love is patient and kind. Love is not jealous or boastful or proud or rude. It does not demand its own way. It is not irritable, and it keeps no record of being wronged. It does not rejoice about injustice but rejoices whenever the truth wins out. Love never gives up, never loses faith, is always hopeful, and endures through every circumstance. That's how we love each other.
4: I'd like to tell you it was planned that we would have Satan show up this morning right before I spoke, but we weren't really that smart. Once you've committed to Christ absorbed the word, found and embraced his church, and started loving and caring for each other, you've merely started finding out what Christ had in mind for you on this earth. None other than Jesus himself told us the greatest command is to love the Lord your God, and the second is like it, love your neighbor as yourself. He also told us, therefore go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. What he keeps telling us through scripture is that we're supposed to reach out to the community of people around us. God gave us Jesus, grace, salvation, love, and they were all free. All he ask of us is to give it away. And there are lots of ways to do that. The first is to give it to the needy. John tells us, if anyone has material possessions and sees a brother or sister in need but has no pity on them, how can he have the love of God? Dear children, let us not love with words or speech, but with actions and truth. In the parable of the Good Samaritan, Jesus asked a simple question with a no-brainer answer. Which of these three do you think was the neighbor to the man who fell into the hands of the robbers? The expert in the law replied, the one who had mercy on him. Jesus told him, go and do likewise. The room at the inn over Christmas had 44 individuals or families identified to help over Christmas. I don't know about you, but that number in the city of Columbia was a surprise to me. During 2022, we've expanded our local outreach activities, block parties, meals for others, activities for schools, clothing and food giveaways, participation in room at the end, committed to an outreach center for future opportunities. Jesus showed us in many ways that the less fortunate in the world are our responsibility. The challenge is to embrace it. Pick an activity this year and help. We need to give to the children. We learned the value that Jesus placed on children when he was indignant that the apostles would try to keep them from him. For none of us will find heaven unless we are willing to receive it like a child. Our block parties, plus one nights, game nights, multiple holiday celebration activities are all bringing children and their families that we've never seen before. What you might relate, not relate in all this is that Barrett and Susie are our missionaries supported by over 30 volunteers every Sunday morning. Their goal every day, every day, is to seek and save the lost. They always need help. Many of you are teachers, former teachers, retired teachers, grandparents, parents, uncles, aunts, servants of the Lord and his flock. You get the point. Make the decision Volunteer to Barrett and Susie. Use your talents to help the children find the Lord. Teach them every chance you get. Show them that worship and Bible classes are enjoyable and important, and they should be there. For such of these are the kingdom of God. We need to give it to the lost. Jesus' command to us is full of action verbs. Go, make, baptize, teach, obey. Christianity is not a country club or a spa where we go to get pampered and served. It is an army outfitted with God's armor doing his battle on this earth against the devil. Our battle involves doing all we can to show him to others, to shine a light where others will seek, that others will seek, and open our doors to all that are searching. We want to be welcoming to sinners of all types, to show them that Jesus and him crucified, to give it away freely. As with every time we come together, there are certainly souls in need of salvation in our midst today. Sinners who have not committed their lives to Jesus, we would love to help you find Jesus today if you'll come forward.